Welcome to OESA's Automotive Insiders. I'm Jason Stein, president of Motor Minds and host of Sirius XM's Cars and Culture on Business Channel 132. The supplier landscape is riddled with challenges that are stretching the capabilities of the industry. Top of mind are a few obstacles that are causing seismic shifts, turning points that are markers in the evolution of the supply base. Sustainability and the drive to create initiatives around sustainability is proving to be a key area of focus for suppliers, as are the changing dynamics of manufacturing and the way the industry produces products. Supply chain management and the dynamic of the overall workforce are also top of mind. If there's anything COVID has taught us, it's the fact that change is a constant factor and some significant changes have occurred for good. In this two-part interview, Bill Newman of SAP outlines the specifics behind those changes and the challenges ahead. SAP is watching those key areas that will be critical to the development of the industry in the foreseeable future. Bill is SAP's Industry Executive Advisor for Automotive. Well, Bill Newman, what a pleasure to have you on the show again. It's It's been a while. A lot's changed since last we talked uh, last fall, but uh, welcome in. Thanks, Jason. Great to be with you and uh, the Insiders uh, listeners again. Yes. No, thank you. And when it comes to Insiders, there are a few as accomplished as you are, Bill, because of the purview that you have. And we're going to cover a, a bunch of different topics uh, today. And, um, and I know this is all a lead-in to your SAP Sapphire event, May 10th through 12th in Orlando at the Orange County Convention Center. Topics that will be discussed, I'm sure, will be around what we're going to cover today. Let's start with one of the biggest pieces of the puzzle in the industry right now, and that's related to workforce. You said it so well uh, to me, the great attrition and punching out either mentally or physically. Tell me what you're seeing as it relates to the workforce right now, Bill. Well, it's interesting, Jason. Um, there's been a lot going on since 2019. I call that BC before COVID, so 2019 BC. We were running at a very, very fast clip at that time. Uh, we had a lot of efficiencies in automotive, certainly across a lot of other industries as well. And you had a transition of generations moving from five generations in the workforce down to three, where many of the millennial generation um, we're, we're moving into uh, levels of, of junior leadership. Uh, there was a lot of emphasis on uh, retention as well as uh, talent acquisition. And, and really the whole aspect of trying to, to retain that corporate memory, that corporate talent in many organizations, particularly automotive. Now with COVID, you know, we've run into a situation where, you know, most listeners our, most listeners will will know that we're recording this, but we're we're using a platform where you can also see video. Much of that was accelerated, enhanced, improved, forced upon us all uh, as we went into pandemic lockdown. So you had a lot of people on the top end of the workforce that just decided that virtual working was not for them. They had enough money; they were going to punch out. They were going to go retire. So you have this drain of talent coming that's now at an accelerated pace. And now coming out of COVID, um, you're, you're starting to see people who are perhaps a little reluctant to go back to the workforce. There are still some issues in certain parts of the world currently uh, where there are some, uh, there are definitely some coronavirus um, uh, strain outbreaks, uh, fortunately not as much as we've seen previously. And, and, and as well with a lot of too 
worker families, particularly in, in Western cultures, uh, you see that uh, childcare is, is now an issue. So how we go back to work and who is working is gonna look very, very different. You see a lot of hybrid models uh, outside of the production floor, even some work shift models where certain production people have non-production tasks so that they can maybe accomplish without actually physically having to be on the, on the shop floor. And I think how we, how the inflation around getting workers as they're moving is starting to ebb a little bit. We saw some pretty outrageous hiring bonuses over the last 12 to 18 months, uh, particularly for for the new the new generation of workers. Uh, and pick your title on that uh, coming out of the uh, university system, as well as those in the in the. Um, um, centennial or Gen Z workforce uh, that were, you know, in their mid to late 20s getting some pretty significant pay increases over the last 12 to 18 months. That wage inflation, I think, is going to start to subside a bit as things start to level out a little bit. Uh, but for sure, you know, you look back just three years from now and the workforce is very different. How we go to work is very different where we go to work is very different and that and by way of that how we share knowledge and the relationships we form around what we call work is very very different how is it going to reshape the way the industry uh, thinks about labor going forward well there's probably a couple of different ways to look at that so obviously you're going to need talent in order to accomplish certain basic tasks, right? So let's just, you know, start from making parts. But but the tools and the knowledge needed in a more digital world will force individuals into areas of expertise that perhaps, uh, particularly some in the middle to later stages of their careers, might not have anticipated before. Um, and it will also create, I think, an interesting aspect of, of those individuals who might want to take advantage of an entrepreneurial aspect of, their, uh, of what they want to do next. And it may also um, be very interesting for people who want to consider um, perhaps a more uh, mentoring or sponsorship aspect. So it's I like talk about different stages of a work career. As you start to get into the later stages of your work career, mentoring, giving back, leaving a legacy, I think that's gonna be even more important uh, in terms of that. From a management perspective, I think the, the aspects of, of, of managing cost to value will continue with a higher emphasis being placed on value. You know, we do a lot of KPI metric studies at SAP uh, when we work with customers to try to figure out what capabilities they should um, enter into the organization. We, we, we like to derive what we call kind of a value-based method of approach to prioritize initiatives and help customers figure out what to do next. And I think that value-based approach is, is going to be very, very important, particularly as it relates to workforce, how you manage your workforce, what does the career journey look like for a company, and, and really trying to preserve the culture of a company uh, moving forward into this new era that we have post-pandemic. Yeah, in the BC era, we couldn't have imagined the impact that, that this will have on the labor market, nor on the dynamics inside of a company. And uh, AC, if I can borrow your own phrase, Bill. <laughs> Indeed. AC and BC. But, it, but in the AC world, it's, it, it is a, 
It is a different set of values. It is a different mindset from top to bottom. And a lot of things are changing in a way that we couldn't have imagined, but this is probably the biggest impact. Yeah, I would agree, Jason, 100%. Let's talk about manufacturing for a minute. Um, how is man? And, and you just sort of reference production versus non-production, but let, let's talk about what's changing in the manufacturing side of the world and where SAP is looking at manufacturing right now. Well, manufacturing can take many, th many forms. Let me just start at the top level regarding policy. I think one of the biggest shifts that we're seeing coming out of COVID, as well as some of the more recent trade discussions and um, some other world events, I think is this whole concept that, you know, perhaps we went a little too far with the offshoring option and put too much of an emphasis on factor costs. And uh, I think that you're seeing with many of the tie-ups now, uh, Panasonic announcing a big gigafactory with Toyota, Ford, and Volkswagen both making huge investments in the state of Tennessee. Um, I think you're seeing quite a bit of this, I, this new, maybe not so new, but this new to now concept of not only verticalization, but also of, of uh, regional build, right? Um, so that you're not relying on putting things on a boat coming into a particular market. You know, again, BC before COVID back in 2019, that thing was running like a, like a, like a clock, right? Just a finely crafted timepiece. And in that, that sense, we didn't worry about those things. We were able to have our parts when we needed them, regardless of where they were made. Well, that's just not so anymore. And now you're getting back into this whole idea of, well, I have not enough safety stock. I actually have to revisit what that looks like, or I need to really revisit where my just-in-time suppliers are. And you're going to look at a number of products around that just-in-time so that you can make sure that you can de-risk any travel, uh, any additional extraordinary uh, freight expense so that you can have chips and batteries and other components that you need when you need them and where you need them. I think, Jason, one of the things our listeners should really you know, be aware of, and it's something that's really not spoken much in the media, when we started taking cars off the assembly line during the early part of the pandemic, it wasn't a semiconductor and it wasn't uh, a, a battery that prevented uh, a vehicle from being made. It was kind of mundane, basic auto supplier parts like sunroofs, like noise deadening foam for doors. I mean, these were some of the things that initially paused production, not at the same scale and not across industries perhaps that obviously semiconductors and microchips and other things, but it had a similar impact. So it's when we talk about shortages, it's really across a broad category of, of products and components that go into a vehicle, regardless if it's an internal combustion engine vehicle or whether it's a battery electric vehicle or a hybrid somewhere in between. So I think when we consider the big meta trend I see coming out of this is going to be around this whole concept of, of making sure you have manufacturing in place. And those are going to be massive capital investments that are going to take two or three years uh, as a matter of company and, and in some level industrial policy in North America and in Europe um, to, uh, to become effective. 
That's this episode of Automotive Insiders. Remember to follow the program wherever your favorite podcast appears. Thanks again to SAP's Bill Newman, and thanks for listening to OESA's Automotive Insiders. I'm Jason Stein, and we'll talk to you again next time.